Um, hey, Tom. Yes, Neil. Do you know Kung Fu? I know Kung Fu. Hey, Chris. Yes, Neil. Do you know Kung Fu? I know Kung Fu. Hey, Neil. Yes, Tom. Do you know Kung Fu? I don't. Why would you ask? Ah, cue the music. All right, welcome back to a serious series of utmost importance. The series. We are back uh, exploring topics that you listeners want to hear most about. I'm joined today with my two co-hosts, who will introduce themselves in a second. I'm Neil. I'm Chris. <laughs> All right, what are we uh, talking about today? I think today we're going to explore the uh, intricacies of vaccine development. Oh, this is a good follow-up from our pandemics of history. And now we have this series of different types of vaccines. What do you think, Chris? You think that's a good topic? Absolutely. Uh, you, you say no. And then tell oh. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> no, I think that's silly. No, we're going to be talking about Keanu Reeves. Oh, nice. Like, uh, you know... Point Break, uh, Bill and Ted 1, some of those early things. Yeah, that, that guy. <laughs> just like all the highlights? Like, because his entire career has just been a series of highlights? He's been peaking forever. Or was there a specific time period that you would say he recently peaked again? <laughs> Tom, are you getting what I'm throwing out? <laughs> yes, I believe so. Uh, we'll be talking about Speed and all of the sequels of Speed, even though I'm pretty sure he's not in any of the sequels. That's right. We're talking about the Keanu-sans. All right. The Keanu-sans. So, okay. Keanu-sans. What is the definition of Keanu-sans? It's a period after the uh, Keanu ages in which there was a great advancement in the uh, cultural significance of Keanu. Um and by the way, what a cool name. Like, Keanu? It's a great name. Does he have a middle name? Ah, oh, that's a good question. He's one of those guys who's too cool to have a middle name, let's be real. Oh, uh, yeah, he does. Oh, it's, Sorry, it's, it's Charles. It's Charles. <laughs> that's a lot less cool, guys. That's a lot least cool it could have been. What does the name Keanu mean? Um, I have no idea. I, I, I don't even know what kind of name it is. Wasn't there a movie called Keanu made by Jordan and Peele? It was about a cat. It was, yeah. They named their cat Keanu. <laughs> That's the only person or animal I've ever heard also named Keanu, I think. Let's see. The name Keanu means cool mountain breeze and is of Hawaiian origin. Okay, that makes sense. Nice. You know, I'm looking on Wikipedia, other famous people named Keanu. There's only like seven, and they're all born after 1992 and after. So they're all named, I would presume, they're all named after Keanu Reeves. Mm. And they're all sports athletes, so. What are, yeah. what are his uh, early movies, just briefly? When did he become famous? And when would you say, like, the decline in his... Yeah, when would you say that he stopped... Being an A-lister. Um, I mean, he definitely peaked, or like with the Matrix, right? Like that was the big. Th I, before that, he was kind of well. No, he started off as kind of like in comedy movies, like Bill and Ted. Although Point Break wasn't comedy; it was action. And then he had Speed, that was also action. Um. Was was Bill and Ted his first movie? No, it may have been the first movie he was like the star, but he was in a number of other movies starting in like the eighties, mid eighties. Uh, but I had never heard of any of them, honestly. Bill and Ted was like the big one. I think that's what made him famous. 
Point Break um, was pretty famous. Point Break was pretty famous. Um, did you see in... the first Bill and Ted? I did. Yeah, you did. Chris, did you? I saw it. I, I, I saw it a while ago and then rewatched. I think it still holds up, except there's like one random scene where they throw the F word around like casually, which was very 80s. It's just how it was, man. Was it rated R? The no. movie? No, no, that's how PG movies were back in the day. Oh, that. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. That time was. That was a child's. A children's movie. I know, isn't that weird? Alex yeah. Winter. We should do another episode on the Alex Winter songs. Oh, what? Well, also, I didn't know he was like a director. Like that's his main thing. Yeah, he does documentaries now. Documentaries. And he yeah. did Bill and Ted Three, which we'll get to. So he did Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Point Break, Bill and Ted Two, which I saw, but I don't know if either of you saw. I did not. It was okay. I watched it like thirty years afterwards, so I wasn't expecting anything amazing. Um, it was fine. It yeah, wasn't as honestly, bad as the, everyone says. Those movies, though, like, if you didn't... They, okay, I think they hold up now, maybe because, well, we've seen them before. But I feel like those those movies are hard to, like, introduce to today's audience. Because there's just so much about them that has no appeal to, like, today's movies you know yeah unless you're nothing really happens unless you're watching for like the for preparing for the sequel yeah yeah but uh i had some hard time convincing people to watch that movie and and to continue watching the movie and not like get up and leave i never i don't think i've ever seen speed actually that's the one with julia roberts right yeah wait i thought it was uh Oh, Sandra Bullock. Yeah, Sandra sorry, Bullock. I thought they were the same person. Yeah, no, they, they basically are, I think. <laughs> they, yeah. Uh, just remember that this is the premise that they just cannot, the speedometer on the bus cannot hit zero or it blows up. I think, as Homer Simpson said, Dope. the bus that can't slow down. <laughs> yeah, it can't go under 50 miles per hour. I've never seen Johnny Mnemonic either. I've... Is that a mo- is that a thing to know? That's a 1995 Canadian American cyberpunk action thriller. Hey, oh, cyberpunk! Yeah, uh, starring Keanu Reeves and Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> oh. Then in 1999, he was in The Matrix, which I think is probably among his most famous roles. Yeah, how do you feel about The Matrix? By the way, just as a quick aside, as, as like a concept. Yeah, and a movie. I don't know. I mean, the movie was great. Uh, if I'm going to go on a rant here, I think they pretty much Please do. copied uh, Ghost of the Shell. Ghost in the Shell. If you actually rewatch the anime of Ghost in the Shell, like the, like the, I think the main movie, a lot of the thematic aspects of The Matrix, all the way down to the way they film the scenes... Even down to like the computerized green letters, it's it's in Ghost in the Shell. So, right. you know but what? That's also just computer stuff, right? Yeah. Well, all right, Tom. <laughs> um, and then the way they I actually film the scenes with like the motorcycles and the cameras, kind of like I don't even know how to describe it. Kind of like rotating. It was very like novel. Um, but yeah, the movie was good. Uh, bullet time. That's what it's called. Yeah. That, okay. That was, and then every movie after that for a few years just like copied Bullet Time. Yeah, that's true. Wasn't it in Shrek or something? It was in Shrek. That's how you know you've like hit uh, cultural <laughs> significance when Shrek hates you. Yeah. We should do a Shrek series. Oh, big fan. Great video game too. Lord Farquaad. So Keanu Reeves. Okay, so The Matrix came out. Then a few things came out in between. Then the Matrix 2 came out. What? 2003. Was that reloaded? That was reloaded. Yeah. That was okay. Wasn't great. Now listen, here's my argument. I'd say that this is the beginning of 
Keanu Reeves losing his cultural significance was how it's bad true. The Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions were the regarded. The third one. Yeah. Well, what, what about also, the movie Hardball? That came right before Reloaded. Now, did you know that Hardball? before looking at the Wikipedia page just now? <laughs> I didn't, but I do love that movie. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. It's about him taking uh, underprivileged youth, and he's trying to like do community service, and then he changes their lives. Wow. That's- it topped the box office the weekend after 9-11. It's a, it was actually a really good movie. R.I.P.G. Baby. Frankly, I would know. <laughs> it has a Rotten Tomato score of 41%. Well, that's, hey, that's almost half of people who liked it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in those 41%. Do you guys agree that Revolutions and uh, Reloaded sort of marked the downtrend? I think so. I think, I think like, so. Yeah, because he was peak critical acclaim with The Matrix of One, and then... Following the two kind of, I don't know if they were like box office flops, but they just weren't as good. I think they made a lot of money. Oh. I just think that people didn't like them. They didn't vibe because with them. I think they sort of undid the ending of the first one. And then the ending of the second one was just uh, a cliffhanger, which no one liked. So people didn't like the re- uh, Matrix Reloaded because it ended on a cliffhanger. And then people didn't like the Matrix Revolutions because it was a big, uh, instead of like a conclusion to the trilogy... People paid, you know, what was it at the time, $10 for a ticket, and they, uh... Well, also, like, it's, like, he was not, like, those movies didn't really show off his acting chops, especially, like, the later ones. It wasn't, like, about being a good actor, it was more about the concept that just got more and more complicated, and the action scenes and CGI and stuff, and so... I don't know, after watching those, I never really thought, like, oh, he's, like, a good actor. He's just, like, a guy in a movie. Is he a good actor? I don't know. Is he? <laughs> that's, I think that's a, a debate we can have at the end of this at the episode, but didn't, was there, wasn't there also a spinoff with an animated Matrix series as well? The Animatrix. Yes. The, oh, my God. Okay, also, 2003, so both of those movies came out. That was a thing back then, because Lord of the Rings also... I, and also, that may have been also in 2003. Maybe it was a couple years later, but what was the thing? And I guess... Uh, whatchamacallit? Tom, the I'm Avengers confused. did that, too. I'm confused. What are you asking? What's your question? <laughs> Why did they release both movies in the same year? Matrix uh, 2 and 3. Oh, because the Matrix 2 ended on a cliffhanger. I don't like it. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Just make one movie. This was before TV shows were, like, replacements for movies, I guess. And before movies adopted the TV show model, like you were saying, with Marvel. Right. All right, well, glad I got that off my chest. Constantine was his next, like, big, big movie in 2005. And I say that... Did you like that movie? I never saw it. Oh. Did you guys? I No, I just remember seeing the posters for it, but not being interested in it. I've heard it's actually really good. It, people really like it these days, and there's talk right now about a sequel. But I think that's because of the Keanu-sans. And also the character of John right. Constantine um, has like had a resurgence in the last few years because there was a TV show, and now he's on Legends oh. of Tomorrow. Wasn't he in uh, the Sand- Sandman? He was, yeah. So, was Constantine part of the DC universe? Yeah. Oh, I oh I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a DC Comics adaptation. This this movie. Then oh. it was in the Lake House. Also, with Sandra Bullock. Oh, maybe there's something there. Was there something there? Romantic movie. I know. Come um, I also remember looking at these. I'm realizing how few of his movies I've ever seen. Like, there are a lot. Yeah. And I hadn't seen most of them. Like, A Scanner Darkly, I heard that was good. That was one of those movies that was, like, one of the early Reddit recommendations of, like, great, great movie if you want to be, like, cool is that and a, uh, edgy. Is that a, um, who's the guy who wrote uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Yeah. Philip K. Dick. Yeah. Is that a Philip K. Dick adaptation? Yes. And that was also, like, and a cell shaded, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like almost, it's like semi-animated. Like the, like, like it has a Borderlands vibe, like cell shaded like that. Oh, I see, like the blurring yeah. of the... 
apparently a good movie. It's based on reading Reddit, you know, about ten years ago. <laughs> and so the people lake on house. Reddit. Also a self-shaded oh. DC Comics adaptation. <laughs> what is The Lake House about? Uh, well, it's a romantic movie. I'll give you the premise right now. Please do. Okay, so it's a remake of a Korean movie called Il Mare, which is actually, I believe, Italian. A Korean movie? Korean. It centers on an architect living in 2004 and a doctor living in 2006 who meet via letters left in a mailbox at the lake house. Which one is which? Uh, I'm guess. What do you guess? Who's the architect? Who's the... Doctor? I think Keanu Reeves is the architect. Me too. Well, I guess I have to go against the grain and say Sandra Bullock <laughs> is the architect. Now, who is Julia Roberts? Oh, is Julia Roberts in the lake house? No. Oh. <laughs> no, it's the She's joke. She's actually her stunt devil. Or double. <laughs> Chris. Chris, you're so stupid, man. She's the doctor. <laughs> Come on. What? You said it's a remake of a Korean movie? Yeah, called Il Mare. What is Keanu Reeves' ethnic background? He's Asian. I know that. We claim him. Are you sure? Wait, what? He's like, I think his mother's Chinese. So he's Hawaiian. Okay, Hawaiian. Wait, 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 wait. His father is from Hawaii. Of native Hawaiian, Chinese, Ir- English, Irish, Portuguese descent. Jeez, he's he's everything. It's so simple. What about his mother? Um, English. She's from England. Wait. It says his grandmother was because of his grandmother's ethnicity. He grew up with Chinese art, furniture, and cuisine. But it doesn't oh. ever say what his grandmother's ethnicity. He's actually was. Japanese, but. <laughs> She's German. <laughs> hey Google, is Keanu? What is Keanu Reeves' ethnic background? Here's a summary from the website CheatSheet.com. There are some surprises in Keanu Reeves' early biography. Reeves was born in Beirut, Lebanon, in oh. 1964. Wow. Reeves' mother is of British descent, and his father is of British, Chinese, Portuguese, uh-huh. and native Hawaiian heritage. He was Chinese. Well, oh. that's our fourth co-host, Google. <laughs> All right, so Lake House. Uh, you said, oh wow! Hmm? If you look at a, if you just Google his father. Definitely Asian. Robert Miller. What? No. A rock promoter. Oh wait, Robert no. Miller. No, no, that's that's <laughs> that's one of his stepfathers. <laughs> uh, Samuel Reeves, I believe. Samuel Reeves. Okay. <sighs> Interesting. Okay. Um, the Lake House. Did You said you saw it? No, never seen it. Are you ever going to? No. Which goes with our argument that after the Matrix sequels, no one was super <laughs> interested in his stuff. It's true. The what day the, the Earth stood still? Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. Didn't see it. I actually remember um, in 2008, like a lot of advertising for this. Is this like a post-apocalyptic movie, or is it like Aliens? I think it's a remake of a of an alien movie, like a classic um, Golden Age of Hollywood alien movie. movie. See. And he played the alien. <laughs> yeah, it follows Klaatu, an alien sent to try to change human behavior or eradicate humans from Earth. Those are his. That's his ultimatum. Um. He, I think he is supposed to act like robotic and alien in this, which was a big stretch of his range. True. He was really, but yeah, I mean, I think he, this was kind of like the, where things were bottoming out. You know, maybe he probably made a lot of money. Maybe I do want to see the lake house just to see him in a very romantic role. (laughs) I think the most romantic. Terrible. He's probably, like, the only romance I've seen him in is him and Trinity in The Matrix. and I assume he had, like, romances in Speed and stuff, right? Yeah, actually, it's a good question. Maybe The Lake House is worth it, then. Just for that. So just looking at his filmography, it goes... uh, He's in multiple movies a year uh, up until 2008. 
uh, he skipped 2007. And then in 2009, he's in one movie called The Private Lives of Pippa Lee, which I'm not even going to click on. And then 2010, <laughs> Henry's Crime. Nothing in 2011. In 2012, he was in a documentary as himself and a movie called Generation Um. And I haven't, so I haven't heard of the last four movies. No. I think it's because The Day the Earth Stood Still was like a really high budget bomb. So people thought his career was pretty much kind of in the tank at that point. I mean, you know, just looking at his filmography, I think the only one I've like finally, I I never saw it, but I believe uh, 47 Ronin was the probably like, most far back movie I remember kind of seeing advertisement for, but once again, just never ended up seeing it. I will, but I think that is the turning point as his career. I, like, yeah. right? Was that's where he was like, well, I think that's where he was like, I want to start being in movies that I actually find interesting, not like the lake house. Maybe, but I will put a plug in for the one before 47 run okay. in man of Tai Chi. I distinctly remember watching this one in 2013. He also directed it. <laughs> yeah. And it's oh. like, because he was super into Tai Chi, and it's like a uh, martial arts movie based on Tai Chi. It's really what? interesting. Would you say it's good? Yes. Oh, okay. I like it. It's a fun movie. Well, because he's probably, like, he's into it. And he directed it. It's his it. movie. He can get behind it, so it probably had more passion than like all of the previous 20 movies put together. What what would you guess the Rotten Tomato score is? Man of Tai Chi? Yeah. Uh, I would say maybe 65%. Oh, I'm going to go 37. All right, I, without knowing, I'm going to say 80. Oh. All right, let's see. It was 70. Oh, hey. Wow, nice job, Chris. Thanks. Got a career. So that was a well-regarded but, like, not uh, widespread movie. Then he did 47 Ronin, which I don't think I ever saw. Did you guys? No. No, but I remember when it came out. I saw the trailer. It looked cool. Variety magazine listed 47 Ronin as one of Hollywood's biggest box office bombs of 2013. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. Well. Well, a sequel was announced. 48 Ronin. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, that's because of the Kianessance. Yeah. So I'd say 2013, 2014 is the start of the Kianessance. And the one that yeah. comes in 2014 is the biggest success. Yeah. John Wick. The, that's what really started it. The Boogeyman. What a great movie. Great movie. Great to see a movie again where the body count is just hits triple digits. <laughs> and Theon Greyjoy gets... It's oh yeah, metaphorical. I can't watch that movie again. I really enjoyed it, but I just I can't rewatch it. I had a really hard Why time not? in 2014. I like started watching it, and then the dog dies at the beginning, and I just turned oh. it off and didn't watch it for two years. Oh. And then Chris told me it was good, so I actually watched it. What you turned it off? Yeah, I just wasn't into it. I was like, oh, this is another well, crappy like action movie. I don't want to see a movie where the dog just dies for no reason. So but you turned dog... it off at the low point, and then you didn't get all of the revenge. To make yeah, you feel exactly. Good. And it was it was a great movie, but I won't rewatch it. It's so cute that dog. I know. Yeah. Has his wife's this guy's gift to him. Wasn't his wife Jean Grey? Was she really? Well, maybe she oh. didn't die. Maybe she's just Phoenix. <laughs> she did die. <laughs> okay, I don't know if his wife was Jean Grey. She died in the movie, right? She died before, like she had cancer or something. So that's why, like, the dog and meant so much. Dog. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, so I had a ridiculously nice house and car in the movie Miss I had. Well, that the car is what started the whole thing, right? Yes, I think they like ended they up stealing started. it. Or yeah. no, yeah, the guy was like, "Yo, like let me sell, like let me buy your car," and he goes, "No," and then they came to his house and sell. ridiculously like blew it up with missiles and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I was super wrong. It's uh, Bridget Moynihan. She's an eagle eye with Sheila Buff. <laughs> okay. Wait, no, she's not. That's Tom Brady's wife. That's the other Moynihan. Michelle Moynihan. Yes. Yes. Bridget is the one Tom Brady dumped for Gazelle Bungin. Wow. All right. Well, that was in 2006. That memory has stayed with you for 14 years, Chris. 
I don't even know if that's the worst piece of information that's still in my head. <laughs> John Wick um, was a, a very well choreographed action movie, started a new franchise, made a ton of money, and was a big critical success. Yeah. It, I mean, it's kind of interesting that like critics liked it so much. I guess, like, if you have a good action movie, people will, even, like, snobby film critics will like it. I mean, I guess to that point, what what exactly, what is it, do you think it's the kung fu aspect and, like, the martial arts of him, like, just... Do we know that he knows kung fu? I know kung fu. Do you? He knows kung fu. <laughs> Maybe? I, I don't know. I think it was a good story, and it, it wasn't, was a good like, story. it didn't rely on him... Acting. <laughs> Acting, exactly. Speaking. Yeah. He he's, is like a committed lead actor who did all his own stunts, I think, uh, to the degree yeah. he could. And it didn't require a lot of emotional range. It played into his strengths. Do you he think learned I, all of... I think he learned like a lot of martial arts and he learned how to like shoot really well. To, that's uh, true. Yeah. To make it good. He has but I think people clip. who like like guns are like, oh yeah, he really knows how to shoot a gun. Because yeah. so all those people that. know how to shoot guns as well, of course. Now that's not to say that he only did good movies after John Wick. Yeah, I was looking at the list. <laughs> uh, after that was Deep Web. I don't know what that... Oh, that's a documentary. And then Mifun, The Last Samurai, also a documentary that he was the narrator on. Then exposed. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme. Also, Anna de Armas. Oh God! So he kind of like peaks, and then he does like a follow up of questionable movies, and then he peaks again. Oh, he voice cameoed in Keanu. Oh, that makes sense. As Keanu. As Keanu. Nice. Um, and he was in some other stuff, and then John Wick Chapter Two in 2017. <laughs> so what I'm learning from this is pretty much it's just the John Wick movies that are good. Huh. In the last 20 years. Well, when we, to that point, he was also in that movie, Always Be My Maybe, with uh, Randall Park. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. dude. And he, he had a phenomenal him. role in that, I thought. That was so funny. Yeah, that was, okay, that was pretty funny. He, that's actually the most expressive I've ever seen. I know, it's, he's getting there. Why. He's getting there. And for our listeners who haven't watched that movie, it's a Netflix rom-com uh, where he plays, I think, Ali. Is it Ali Wong, the like Asian comedian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Her love and or one of her love interests, <laughs> her boyfriend. Yeah. Um. As himself. As himself. <laughs> A lot of range, surprisingly, and that actually came after John Wick Three. So John Wick Two opened up the John Wick like universe a little bit, and they expanded it, and I think it ended in a cliffhanger where. He has, like, violated one of the cardinal rules of the assassin community. And then John Wick 3 is, like, him on the run. And then they add in Halle Berry. Yes. Wow. I completely blocked Halle Berry from that movie. She wasn't very good. <laughs> Catwoman, baby. That's, that's where she peaked. I, I don't know. I John Wick 2 I thought was even better than the first one. John Wick 3 I didn't like. I like... The aspect of John Wick 3, because you just know throughout the entire movie, like, all these different assassin groups are coming after him to get, like, their money. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know, I thought that was cool. Also, because uh, they they introduced a, a famous basketball player into it. The first guy who comes to try and kill him, he's, like, seven foot four, I think, in real life. And, of course, John Wick kicks his butt. Can you explain the assassin society to me? Like Assassin's Creed? No, like the John Wick Assassin Society. How does their currency work? Tom, do you want to take this one? <laughs> uh, no. They have a hotel. They do have a hotel. I. But like, you know, all the coins, they have those gold coins. And like a stay in the hotel. I think I saw this on a YouTube video at some point. I, this isn't my idea. But like they have the, the gold coins... And a stay in the hotel costs the same as, like, some food at an assassin convenience store or something. It's, like, one gold coin. How does that work? And then in the third movie, they show, like, where all those gold coins are made. And then they destroy 
the production facility of the gold coins, theoretically mm-hmm. throwing the economy of the John Wick assassin verse into disarray. I'm, but I'm just, I don't understand how the economy worked in the first place. John how are gold isn't coins? that like destroying the gold standard? I don't know. John you just have four. like the concept of money. So is there like an assassin credit card? Well, <laughs> are, okay, so maybe I'm misremembering. Are the gold coins what he took the blood oath with? Or is that something entirely different? I don't remember. Because he was calling in favors um, for all the people he helped out saying like, Hey, can you do this for me? Because we had like he had helped someone out in the second movie, and then he like repaid his debt. I I don't know. Ian McShane is also in those. Who's the tall guy from The Wire? Lance kid. Reddick. Yes, he is also in. I that. love Lance Reddick. He That's also true. plays Commander Zavala in Destiny. He's the one who just told you to go on all oh. those tricks. Oh, he um. Oh yeah, there's that scene where it's like, is it Ian McShane and Lance Reddick? They're yeah. all fighting with him at the very end, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that was really badass. Um, but Halle Berry just had dogs. That was her, like, assassin power. Sounds about right. Wait. She, like, had those two trained pit bulls that were, like, attacking mm-hmm. all the people. Good for Halle Berry for finally getting back into a, a movie. <laughs> and there was also Lawrence Fishburne in these movies. He plays like great more... reunion. Okay, how crazy would it be if John Wick is just an extension of the Matrix? Boom. Oh, I I think that's actually a fan theory that this is one oh. of the programs that Neo goes through to learn <laughs> kung, kung fu, kung fu <laughs> and guns. Oh my god! And Morpheus is just the leader of the homeless man. <laughs> um, what did they call him? Like the Pigeon King. <laughs> That wasn't a joke, actually. I don't, I don't remember. I just re- yeah he, yeah. Let's see. Um, Lawrence Fishburne as the Bowery King. Oh. I like the Pigeon King better. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, isn't the Pigeon King like a yoga move? I don't know. I oh, just want to see a movie where he's like attached to different pigeons and he flies in. <laughs> so that was last year, twenty nineteen. At the time of recording Great this episode. And then he had Toy Story 4 where he played the evil Knievel toy. Oh, um, that was him? That was him. Didn't require oh, a lot yeah. of uh, range. <laughs> and then I think he... I didn't see the Spongebob movie Sponge on the Run, but I saw the trailer for it. And I remember that he shows up as a floating head of himself at some point in the trailer. <laughs> Wait, of himself? He's taken the David Hasselhoff role, I Wait, guess. sorry, maybe not as himself, but it's essentially himself. The <clears throat> character's name is Sage, but I think it's just Keanu Reeves. I think I remember that. He's like a Buddha guy? Yeah. And he, was, he also was himself in a cameo in the Between Two Ferns movie. Ah. Great movie. That was a pretty good movie, actually. I actually never saw the Wait, I was trying to Zach Galifianakis? Yeah. Doesn't he, oh, I never saw the that. whole point of the movie is he almost kills Matthew McConaughey or something? I don't remember. <laughs> is that who he was? I don't remember. Because of the flood? He flooded the building? Maybe. Yeah. Um, and that basically takes us to 2020. And I think the reason we're even talking about a Kiana Sans is because his renewed marketability and like success of John of the John Wick movies has made it so that uh, sequels to his classic movies are being greenlit. And I, yeah. that's the only reason that Bill and Ted three happened. It's because the, they'd been trying to make it since the eighties and no one uh, wanted to do it because Bill and Ted two didn't make enough money. And at this point it's just like, you know, irrelevant, but because he became super famous again, they made Bill and Ted three. And that was actually one of my favorite movies of 2020. It was a good movie. It was very much like the first one. Um, actually, although, but it was a good, it was a good like reshaping of it where they like go into the future and see future versions of themselves who are always like, they get worse and worse basically. Yeah. Um, some good cameos. The premise is that um, the premise of the Bill and Ted series is that they are 
uh, destined to create a song that unites all of humanity throughout <laughs> time. Because uh, otherwise the world, like the universe is going to end, basically. Yeah. So, so in the first things movie, are starting to tear apart. In the first movie, they've started a garage band in the 80s in high school. And uh, Keanu Reeves' dad is threatening to send him to military school if they don't uh, pass their history report. <laughs> so uh, George Carlin comes back from the future mm. and gives them a time machine. And they go throughout history collecting historical figures uh, to talk about themselves at this history report. So they, they get an A+, and they, uh, Keanu Reeves gets to stay, and they form the band. But they don't know how to play music. So in the second movie, um, a, a cult from the future who oppose Bill and Ted send an assassin back, and the assassin oh the assassins are robots of Bill and Ted, and they uh, kill Bill and Ted, and they uh, go to the they go to hell, and uh, they beat death in a game of Twister, and uh, death they convince death to join their band as a bass player. And they then go to heaven with death to do something, uh, to figure out how to like get back to their earthly bodies. And they do, but in heaven, there's the greatest, uh, the smartest creature in the universe. And his, he's a Martian. <laughs> what? Oh my God. Named, uh, oh God, I got to remember this name. Did Bill and Ted 2 somewhat come out, out around Terminator? Because that whole premise sounds very Terminator-y where no. you send someone, some robot back from the future to come and kill you. No. Oh. Um, Station. Wait, I think it did. Did it? That was in yeah. 1991. inspired James Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you know what? Damn, that's good stuff. So the Martian is named Station. Oh, okay. And so they just they they just keep saying like station, and that was like a <laughs> an early meme I want to say. Um, uh, so they go back. I think Station plays guitar also. And oh, their girlfriends are medieval princesses from the medieval times that they got in the first movie to come to the future with them. Uh, they're also in the band, and they're at the Battle of the Bands at the end of the second movie. And uh, they don't know how to play instruments still, so they go in the time machine, go forward to a uh, guitar training camp, and then come back in a few seconds and like play an amazing song. And that's theoretically the song that unites the world. And that was supposed to be the end of it. And I think they had like spinoffs and stuff in the '80s, like TV shows and serials and all that, because it was the '80s. Was this like an okay? So in terms of cultural relevance, was Bill and Ted like really big, or was it just yeah. co- wow? I think it was like a cult movie. I mean, I think it was big, but yeah, I mean, people knew it. Like the second movie was a bad movie. Oh, okay. Like it was not well received. They were like, "This is pretty crappy." I see. Um. So the third movie had to undo a lot of the bad will. So they like made it more just like future oriented. Um, Bill and Ted: Days of Futures Past. <laughs> They have their daughters, um, and their daughters turn out to be the ones who like write the song to unite history. Kid Cudi plays himself. That's awesome. Are that the wives still the medieval princesses? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's they're messing with the timeline. But they're man. like uh, they may they're trying to or they're thinking about leaving them. Yeah, their future selves are gonna <laughs> leave them. Yeah, that's actually pretty funny. It's a really good movie, and um, death is still oh, in it. and their daughters. Uh, have to go and unite like the greatest musicians of history. Yeah, so they get like Jimi Hendrix and Beethoven and uh... like that uh, Chinese <laughs> musician from like 4,000 years ago. Was that a real person? I have no idea. And Kid Cudi. And, kid, and kid, kid Cudi. Cudi. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, it was super weird seeing Keanu Reeves without a beard in this movie. True. Yeah, and him talking like, uh, I don't know, like he he still kind of talked like the high school, kind of like dumb surfer guy Dog from Southern hey, California. Dude. Yeah, uh, Dave yeah. Grohl cameos in the movie. <laughs> oh yeah, that was random. And it um it was one of the ones that I think was 
early on, they decided this wasn't going to make a lot of money. So during the pandemic, they just decided to release it on video on demand. Um, and I think it did pretty well. Well, that's probably the best thing it could have done for itself. Well, everything else wasn't really coming out, but, um, I get, you know, I guess I got to watch the movies, man. (laughs) It's good. It's like when you watch it, you know, it's just going to be like ridiculous, kind of a dumb movie, but like pretty funny. They they had a a contest. They had a contest before the movie came out that uh, had people send in videos of themselves air guitaring. Okay. Um, and they would send it into the production team, and that's what plays over the credits. They picked uh, from amongst the like the however many they got from people who uh, submitted these clips during the contest, and those are just playing over the credits to show that like all of humanity is united. So apparently, Weird Al is in that. Oh, no way. Yeah. Wait. Um, was he in the movie, too? No, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, are we... What's the... Oh, I was going to actually kind of take it to a different point. It seems like he's kind of become more of a social media icon, too, on Reddit. And mm-hmm. whenever he pops up, yeah, people always put him in the ranks of, like, Tom Hanks as a guy who, like, I could not say anything bad about Keanu Reeves. It's because he's like he developed a reputation of being a really nice guy. Do you think it's like real? Interactions with him on the subway. Or yeah, exactly. I, if I remember correctly, um, his girlfriend and so his girlfriend uh, gave birth to a stillborn. They and then she died in a motorcycle accident. Oh god! And he. <clears throat> So he, like, had this personal tragedy, and this was, like, in the early 2000s, and he became really spiritual, and that's why he sort of became, like, I don't know, just a super nice dude, and I think he did things like paying... uh, The Matrix, the visual effects staff, yeah. yeah. I think they had, like, a lower budget, and he was willing to dedicate part of his own salary to paying their fees, because he knows... I mean, he admitted he knew that, like, it was Matrix movies... Uh, were carried by the amazing visual effects and special effects of the time. So, yeah, I mean, good dude, better hair. <laughs> yeah, so I think he, like, developed a reputation justly as, like, being a really nice guy in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And then he sort of became memefied a bit. Yes. And what was it during the cyberpunk uh, showcase a few years ago? He came out when they announced that he was going to be in the game. Oh, yeah. And someone in the audience shouted out at him, You're, uh, like, you're beautiful, I think. You're breathtaking. Oh, yes. <laughs> and then he shouted back, You're breathtaking. <laughs> and then Reddit went crazy. Yeah. Great guy. And then they announced The Matrix 4. Oh, yeah, they've been filming that during the pandemic. I had no idea. They were filming in uh, San Francisco. Like, right before everything got shut down, there were streets shut down and, like, helicopters and shit. Is it because San Francisco's falling into the apocalypse? The way yeah, it's about tackling homelessness and drug addiction. <laughs> um, they were, I think, amongst the first productions to come back when the during the lull between the pandemic waves. I mean, that's interesting. Do they know uh, when they're trying to release the movie? Like next year? Oh, okay. So when coronavirus gets cured, I mean, maybe. <laughs> They were in Berlin uh, filming just now, and they got into big trouble because they threw a massive party. Oh, my God. Uh, how does that work? Because isn't international travel barred for us? Do well, they have special like privileges? They uh, Movies make a lot of money in uh, Hollywood studios. They're an essential service, probably. Yeah, they went through, like, well, this is not them, but Jurassic World Dominion went through, like, 40,000 COVID tests. Wow. Holy crap. And they filled, they finished their production. With Chris Meanwhile, Pratt. I haven't gotten a single COVID test during this entire <laughs> pandemic, and I'm Wait, a really? hospital worker. <laughs> well, did you ask? Yeah. Look, I don't know, Neil. <laughs> CGI dinosaurs is pretty high up on my list. Dude, you're cannon fodder. That's true. <sighs> Listen, I'm not going to lie. CGI dinosaurs are more important. That's <laughs> true. Sure. I just want to see a pterodactyl. humanity. Take away Chris Pratt. <laughs> Why do you hate Chris Pratt? I actually don't. I just think he's. You know what? I'm just gonna take a stand. He's on apparently this now. a great guy. He 
what happened with him and Anna Ferris, the star of Scary Movie 3? How dare he? How dare he? What did he do? I don't know. I think he dumped her. Oh. All right. Wasn't she also in all the scary movies? Do you, do you guys... Do you think that uh, <laughs> Matrix 4 is going to be a good movie? No. Are they bringing back the entire cast? Not Lawrence Fishburne. Well, no, they... Oh, why not? I don't, I don't think he got asked back, unless they're, like, keeping his involvement secret. But uh. he... So, the, there's a... Between Matrix 3 and Matrix 4, uh, there's a, there was a game released called The Matrix Online, and that had involvement from the Wachowskis, and it's technically canon to the Matrix universe. And in one of the seasons, I think Morpheus dies. <laughs> so in-universe right now, he's technically dead. Hey, did you guys know... Oh, wait, never mind. This is stupid. <laughs> where, where were you <laughs> going you know... with that, Tom? <laughs> I was just looking at Chris Pratt, and I was like, oh, do you know Chris Pratt's going to be in the next Thor movie? And I was like, oh, wait, I forgot he's the guy from all the other movies. <laughs> If if Keanu Reeves wait is Keanu Reeves in the Eternals or am I imagining that? I think uh, unless it's not on Wikipedia, I think right. you're imagining it. I who would Keanu Reeves be if he was cast in a Marvel movie, which is a realistic possibility at this point? Nick Fury after he undergoes plastic reconstructive surgery. <laughs> well, so Nick Fury uh, was played by David Hasselhoff in the eighties. What was he really? or nineties? Yeah. Nick Fury uh, was originally a white character. And then they based Nick Fury Jr. on Samuel L. Jackson. Nick Fury Jr. And then later they got Samuel oh. L. Jackson to play Nick Fury. Oh, okay. Wait, how is that Nick Fury Jr.? I think it was his son. <laughs> I think they should get rid of Sima Lu and just have Keanu Reeves play Shang-Chi. Or, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it. He's the first Asian superhero part of the Marvel Universe. Uh, and Simu Liu is the Asian actor from Kim's Convenience. It's a very low-key Netflix show. but Oh, I've heard that's really good, actually. It's, it's funny. In small doses. I don't know who he should play. I feel like there's no major characters left. He could play Cyclops. Oh, he could be recast. No, no. They're, they're filming... They finished filming uh, the the movie Simu Liu's in. What's it called? Shang-Chi. Yeah. Oh, they finished it? I oh. think so. Oh. Maybe he can play uh, Blade. <laughs> Didn't they announce Mahershala <laughs> Ali is going to be Blade? Oh, did? Oh, oh yeah, they did. Because that was, yeah, that was oh, like, one of the biggest it. announcements. He could be Iron Fist if they reboot Iron Fist. Huh. Moon Knight doesn't have, like, an actual face, right? He's... Moon Knight is going to be played by Oscar Isaac. He doesn't need another that guy's big role. Everything. He's a good actor, but I just... He doesn't need another one. <laughs> Wait, he was an X-Men. He was also in Star Wars. Yeah. He, w- he played Apocalypse. Yeah. He had his, he had his chance. All right, oh, so he's, he's also going to be in Dune. Keanu Reeves is? No, Oscar Isaac. I wish Keanu Reeves. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I think Keanu Reeves could be one of the X-Men and he would be great. I don't know which one. Maybe Jean Grey, but... <laughs> what's, what's the cat? Kitty? Kitty. In, in oh, Keith yeah, with yeah. the cameo that he played a cat. <laughs> Yo, he plays the Joker. <laughs> oh, he would actually be... Eh. Charles Xavier would be pretty interesting for him. I'm not saying it would be a good casting, it would just be interesting. Has he ever been in a movie where he's played a British accent? Because I would, I would watch that. Um, um, he has a British accent in Bill and Ted Three for a couple scenes. Wait, what? Yeah, when when they're uh, at the Foo Fighters' house, house. Oh, that's right. When they're like classy and they've made it, yeah, they, <laughs> they become British. I think we're coming towards the end of the. Keanu-sense? Keanu-sense. What do you think, Tom? I think so. I mean, it seems like his career, like, he'll have five bad years, well, five years that most would consider bad, and then one good movie, and everyone, they're like, we should give this guy another shot, and he's like, people like him, so they give him other, they give him second chances a lot. 
I meant we were coming towards the end of the episode on the Kianasans, not towards the end of the Kianasans. I misspoke. Oh, good. Good. We're just at the beginning of it. And John Wick 4, I think, has the potential to be way better than John Wick 3. Yes. If you had to <laughs> pick any two Keanu Reeves roles like this. to merge into the ultimate Keanu role, meaning the ultimate role that is similar to a cool breeze over the Hawaiian mountains, <laughs> what two roles would those be? Uh, no, I'd probably go with um, Always Be My Maybe just because he plays like this funny, suave, confident guy, which honestly I guess is all his characters. And then I just throw that in with John Wick because I think John Wick needs a little bit more of a personality. Tom, how about you? Uh, I'm going to go with Point Break because I've never seen that movie, but I always pretend <laughs> like I have. And uh, I'm going to go John Wick also because that's clearly his best movie. I'm going to go a different direction. I'm going to go Ted. Okay. With Neo. I think it would be oh. interesting to have the like self-importance and fate of the worldness of the character of Neo. Oh, that's good. But with the chillness of Ted. Any last thoughts? If Kiana uh, if you can spend be okay. to each other. Oh. I was gonna say if Kiana and you could spend a day together doing anything you want, what would it be? Probably playing Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> playing Cyberpunk. Sitting on a bench together and eating ice cream. Yeah, I think that's what I, I just want to eat something with him. Chris, are you hungry? God, I don't know why. I was <laughs> just, like thinking like eating sushi with Keanu Reeves. You're just talking. I really want to go on a date with Keanu Reeves is what I'm saying. Seems like a cool, like if you hung out with him in like Tokyo or something. Be really cool. Yeah, actually, yes. Sushi, ramen. Hey, we're, in, we're at an underground karaoke bar together. <laughs> what was oh. he saying? <laughs> he raps. He does one of the MMs. <laughs> Slim of the real Slim Shady. He does rap God. <laughs> <laughs> he does the Kid Cudi song. He does the song uh, by Run the Jewels for the Cyberpunk soundtrack <laughs> where they mention Keanu Reeves. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> Does that mean now Run Your Drolls, when they go on tour, should, like, bring him out for that part of the song? I don't... I feel like he's going to have a, better things to do. I mean, I'd go. That'd be really fun. He might be at another low point soon. <laughs> Matrix Force coming out. All right. Stay tuned uh, for the next episode on the resurgence of, of Kurt Russell. <laughs> hey, he was in Sky High, and that's a fantastic movie. Kurt Russell's great. Or Big Trouble he? in Little China? Find out next time. <laughs> hey, there we go. Alright, so all I have is a Word document open that says Kianasance. Okay, all I have is this Wikipedia filmography scrolled about two-thirds of the way through. I think that's all we need. <laughs> that's the level of investigative reporting our, our listeners have come to expect from us. Surface level. That's all that people want.